Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I'm Tim. And welcome to our podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. And the topic of our podcast today is the missing Sodder children. Um, this is a mystery that occurred back in uh, tragic events that occurred back in 1945 when uh, the Sodder family, uh, who lived in West Virginia, uh, their house caught fire on Christmas Eve back in 1945, and five of their ten children were killed. Well, we presume they were killed. Uh, they have uh, five of their bodies were, their remains have never been found. So that's the kind of the mystery to it all. And we'll talk about this story, but before we do, uh, let me introduce our panel. I am joined, as always, by the very talented and lovely, uh, the Annette Funicello of podcasting, the Empress of Evil, the Mistress of the Cobb, Satan's Dirty Little Secrets, Pill popping, penis loving, Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? Annette Funicello. I just threw that in at the end, you know. Just I don't I'm, understand I'm, what that means. I'm improving. You shouldn't. Yeah, I know. but thank you. Well, you kind of you kind of remind me of her. Do I? Because yeah. I'm perky and part You're, of the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, I, I I would ask Charles if you were perky, but he 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 hasn't been introduced yet. But how are you today, Brandy? I am well. I am well. I got to have lunch with my good friend. and Yes, and you want to tell everyone who that was? My good friend, Kate. Kate, who uh, is a listener. She's she a is a of, listener. She's uh, uh, active on the History Dweeves, the podcast page. So I got the pleasure of meeting uh, Kate for the first time. And, yes. And uh, that was awesome. And Kate is going to come in at some point and sit in on a podcast. Yes, and with, she's... Stoked about that. We might be able to replace you know who, you know. We might. We can upgrade. Well, uh, he wouldn't know because he's not paying attention. I know, but he let me can't multitask. He cannot. Uh, but are you excited about this topic? I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm okay. ready. I'm ready to go. This is the final uh, episode in our creepy Christmas series uh, for this year, anyway. Perhaps we'll revisit some creepy Christmas stories in 2017 because uh, we have agreed to continue the podcast through the upcoming year, at least. Our, our contract with uh, Libsyn has been renewed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they picked us up it. for one more year. Yeah. <laughs> and paying the bills. Uh, let me introduce uh, a man that really needs no introduction. A uh, man of great renown, the very uh, honorable, and really the uh, moral compass 
of not only our podcast, but I think podcasts in general, the um, very distinguished Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm I'm doing well, Timmy. I'm trying to finish up my Christmas shopping. That's all. Uh, have uh, you got much more to do? I'm done tonight. Whatever gets done tonight, whoever don't get gifts is just shit out of luck. <laughs> kind of like your shout-outs, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> if you forget to write down if their I name. If I forget to write down the name. <laughs> You're pretty much we was We was in the store the other night looking for, uh, no, let's see, last night. See, Renee does this thing where she goes out. Were you shopping at Hustler? Because that's where I'm going to do That's where I would like to go shopping. But mm-hmm. Renee does this thing where she goes out shopping blindly mm-hmm. she doesn't know what she's gonna get oh that's the worst she just got a list of names of yeah of people she's getting stuff for right and renee gets like the lady who walks her dog up the street and renee says hello to she got to get a christmas present for her. you know yeah, she's one of today those people gave a, the my bus driver a gift and i'm like that well, that's me, very nice. It makes me look bad. It does make you look bad. She's trying to show you up. I'm going to fucking kick her ass. I would. I would push off the boss. <laughs> Definitely. Is that Randy, are you, a, are you a shopper or do you have... Now, when I go shopping, I have specific things I'm going to buy. Uh-huh. I go right to that. I go right, right to that there, thing and I pick and it up. I leave. Yeah. How about you? You right? Are you... Do you no. look around or... Yeah, much to my husband's dismay. Oh. I look around and... You know, I I have I sometimes I have an idea of what I want, mm-hmm. but most of the time it's just you're looking for inspiration. I'm looking for something to speak to me. Now well, I look around a lot. Like when I go to brothels, I won't I won't jump at the first. No, you don't. No, you gotta scan them. Yeah. You know what Renee will do, what? Timmy? Like last night we're in Target and she picks up a pillow. Target. Yeah, Target, and she's like, "Oh, I kind of like this." I'm like, well, who, who the fuck are we going to buy that for? <laughs> and she's like, well, no, not, not oh, as a I, gift. I could like, I, I would, I'd like a good pillow. My point is, if you, if you it like ain't, a nice pillow, Brandy? I do enjoy a good pillow. If it ain't a gift for somebody, put the goddamn thing down and let's get Christmas shopping. We're here to Christmas shop. We ain't here to browse. I don't care what you like. We get a goddamn Christmas now, gift for somebody. Now, this is someone that's been out of town for 10 days, and yeah. you're talking to her like, I bet he's not saying, I bet he it was he's not. not saying shit. Uh, but, okay, what, dear. What concerns me Let's is. Let's fight four of them, dear. Well, and basically what you're saying is that you're a dick. Yeah. No, I'm I mean, saying. that's what it comes down to. There is time talk to, to Christmas like shop. It's like the bird song. For everything, turn, turn, turn. There's a season. It's a fucking season to Christmas shop, all right? It is. It ain't the Christmas season to browse. It ain't the season to be looking at shoes for yourself. You remember that time, Brandy, when he got when we were talking and he got in trouble with Renee? I do. Would you like to tell our listeners what happened? Well, I mean, which time? Because there have been the, several. The time when he was on the group text. <sighs> <laughs> you go ahead. So we were... Uh, Chuck was getting a group text you from your sons and your wife. Was that the, yeah? And he Chuck has problems. He has issues with group text because he doesn't know who the message is coming from and he can't see all the particulars. I don't like it's group text. It gets complicated for him. <laughs> it's like being. It's like it's like a conference call. Yeah, and I don't like it. So basically, he called. What did you call your kids? I believe it was motherfuckers. I said the only thing worse than being in this family 
as being in a group text with you motherfuckers. <laughs> like three seconds later, his phone. He got a phone call <laughs> yeah. from Renee. It was pretty awesome. And, and then, he, you know, he's like, and you could tell she hung up on him like after two <laughs> seconds or something. And he's talking like, okay, um, yeah, I'll stop by and uh, bring some milk home, dear. We knew, we all knew, everyone in the room knew she's already hung up on him. Because you knew because you could hear her yelling. And, I, yep. and, then it, and then there was none. Charles, Charles, Charles. Are you excited about this topic, uh, Charles? I mean, you know, nothing excites me more than a good fire with missing bodies. We're getting a lot, you know, of, of all of our uh, Christmas, creepy Christmas episodes, they have all, except one, has involved fire. We yeah. had the flamethrowing Flame Santa. Flamethrowing Santa. I still we like had the that one. Iroquois Theater fire that killed mm-hmm. how many people, Brandy? 602. Yes. And now we By asphyxiation. Have, now we have the fire that occurred. And that was because they didn't have proper fire codes. Yes. Just in case anybody yeah. was wondering. Well, and the fire curtain was made of paper. Paper. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get into the uh, Solder Children uh, in just a few moments. But before we do, I want to give a shout out to all of our Patreon subscribers. Uh, the way that we're able to stay on the air and pay the bills is through your generous donations. As you probably realize, we don't have uh, advertisement on the show. And, you know, we get a lot of advertisers that contact us, like uh, Parker & Gamble, GE. General Electric. Yeah. yeah, they called the other day. Yeah, they just, I mean, they, they, they just all It's want, ridiculous, really. It really, it's embarrassing. It's, let's face it, it's embarrassing. Uh, but, but but we are insistent that we're not going to take uh, advertisers. And, you know, we're not they, selling out, Timmy. No, unless they give us a lot of money. Or it's Bob Mears and Son. Well, Bob Mears, yeah. Yeah, because he's a personal friend of ours. But anyway, yeah, he um, is. we are able to stay on the air through uh, the generous donations of those of you who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support the podcast, support the arts, as it were, quality programming please go to patreon.com slash history dweebs and you can give a little you can give a lot or you can give how much oh, just a wee little bit to me everything helps so we want to give a shout out to those you can who, just give the tip if you like that's enough colonel <laughs> i'd like to give a shout out for those who are generous and support the podcast that includes alicia and chip gene moyer thank you gene for your uh jen moyer i'm sorry jen for your um uh, very generous donation. Annette Petrie, or Petrie, Petre. Petre. You got to Now, see, I let her put, you, you put her on your list, and now you got her name all fucked up. She's going to put a nasty thing on there. <laughs> no, no, so, no. But Annette Petre in the Bronx, New York. I'll tell you how you make it up to Annette. Okay. Listeners, what you need I to do. I don't remember that you asked. <clears throat> well, I would like you, uh, to make it up to Annette because she's really cool. She lives in the Bronx, and. And she maybe let me sleep on her couch sometime if I'm in I doubt it. Well, go go to I, her I, I website. Like to, I like to uh, couch surf, Colonel. I, I know you have, Timmy. Um, go, and that has a website. Annette makes body butters and creams and lotions and soaps. Yes, she has and a small business. A small business. She runs it through our Facebook page, Obsessively Calm. Is the name of it? Is it uh, Obsessively Calm? Dot com. Back, uh, no, it's on Facebook. Okay. Do Facebook obsessively calm. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to order some. I got butter. some body butter coming myself hmm. because you know I like my body buttered up, Timmy. Oof. I like to be buttered up. Devil, you want to butter me up? I, Just put a little on the side here. Put a little, put, put a little butter. Right that there, is Devil. gross. Come on, come on, butter. 
Come on, Devil. I know you like to get all uh, naked and then buttered. Butter I like butter. to be buttered, Tim. Yeah. Like popcorn. Mm-hmm. Does the uh, Miss, Mrs. Colonel ever put butter on you? Oh, she she knows which side of the bread her, her toast is buttered on. What? I, That'd be no. I don't. I yeah. don't know what I that got, means. That's what I took of it. That's what I took from it too. Okay, so Annette Petray. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annette, thank you very much for your generous donation. Lise over there in Norway, thank you, Lise. We really appreciate it. But please check on uh, Knut Force. Leslie Hagar, very uh, kind of you, uh, Leslie, to uh, contribute to the podcast. Thank you very much. Amber Scoville, thank you, Amber. Jahara, whose Miami Dolphins may win the Super Bowl this year. Thank you, Jahara. They ain't getting out of the playoffs. What are you talking about? I don't know. They're playing pretty well. And I told her that they were going to be good this year, and I was right. Uh, Andrew Happ, thank you, Andrew. Uh, Mandy Swanson, thank you, Mandy. Jennifer Siemens, of course, and her son, Hunter, as well as Jennifer's mother, uh, Linda. Thank you all very much. Bridget Clavey, who is very sweet, very generous. Uh, Thank you, Bridget. Cindy Lou, uh, I know who uh, Colonel is a uh, roller girl. She's Uh, a roller girl. uh, A libertarian Libertarian. roller girl. Gun toting. Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, but she is a, also a Patreon. We love you. Thank you, Cindy. Heather Poole uh, just joined Patreon. Heather, thank you very much. We've got uh, Charlie and Allie from, of course, the Insight Podcast, uh, which is excellent. If you ever get a chance, please check it out. And then, of course, Rudy, the Wonder Dog. Uh, he also contributes to the podcast. So thank you, Rudy. And that's all we're going to say about him. When I said just a wee bit, Rudy took me up on yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, it's 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 tough making a living as a dog. Yeah. 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 Not a lot of jobs out there for dogs. As all Rudy right. says, pimping Now, monkeys. Monkeys got a little grinder wheel well, and thing. They just give people money. People throw money at them. Fancy monkeys. Plus, they got thumbs. They can steal money. Yeah, that's fucked up. Rudy can't steal money. He ain't got no thumbs. Poor Rudy. All right, let's talk about the missing solder children, shall we? Sure. In 1895, Randy, that was five years before the turn of the century. Thank you. Mm. And they do it a weird way, Brandy. Even though it was 1900, it becomes the 20th century. I know that always throws you. Yeah, actually it was the 1800s, 1895. Yeah, 1895, but when it turns 1900, it becomes the 20th century. But when, it turn, yeah, but when you get into the 2000s, yeah. yeah. I used to worry when I was a kid because I didn't know how the calendar, what was going to happen to the calendar when 2000 started, you know. So I always felt the world was going to end in 1999, like when I was like 10 or so. I was, I was freaking out. I was concerned about Y2K well before anyone else. I'm not surprised. Uh, well, someone has to worry about it. In 1895, George Sauter was born in Sardinia, Italy. Over in the old country, Colonel. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first mafiosos, Timmy. Well, no, I don't believe so. But He uh, was Italian. You know he's well, playing the mafia. Well, there's some rumors of uh, mafia involvement in this story. We'll mm-hmm. get to it a little bit later on. Thirteen years later, so what that would be, Brandy, if it was 1895. She don't know. She's playing on the phone, Timmy. 1895, How and come 13 I can't years do later, that would be 1908, 1908. which was the year of, of the Lord Peg Entwistle was born. Mm-hmm. Oh. And the year of the cat in the Chinese calendar. It was a topic calendar. of our last podcast. I, yeah, I remember I was Check here. out all of our podcasts on iTunes. 
Anyway, 1908, George Sauter immigrated to the United States with an older brother. His older brother checked in to cleared customs at Ellis Island and then returned home. Oh, short trip. Fuck this place. This don't even look cool. I'm going back to the old country where I can have some... Excuse me, hold on, spaghetti. Mr. Boat. Hold no, on. No, they, 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 spaghetti, came, spaghetti came from China, didn't it? Mm-mm. I thought spaghetti came from China. Am I wrong? No, that's that's a myth, Timmy. All right. Chuck knows. Uh, check that out, Brian. Uh, write that down. I'm not going to do that. For the rest of his life, George Sauter, as he became known, hmm. uh, because he had a different name that I couldn't pronounce in Italian. Uh, would not talk much about why he left his homeland. So maybe there was some... The old country. Maybe, you know, maybe there was some... Yeah, you know, there was something. Something going on there. We don't know. Let's don't speculate. Let's don't ruin the man's reputation, even though he's been dead for a long time. He burned his wife and kids up. No, no, no. George eventually found work on the railroads in Pennsylvania. Carrying water and other supplies to workers. I wonder if he was a gandy dancer. He was a gandy dancer. Or a private dancer. Or maybe a, a private, tiny... A, a private maybe, dancer? A dancer for money? Yeah, he'll do what you want him to do. Or a tiny dancer. Did you ever see that skit on Saturday Night Live, Tiny Elvis? Uh, oh, my God, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. No. All right. Spaghetti was invented in China, but it was not talk out to Italy that they put the well, marinara sauce on it. Well, then I was fucking it. right, then. Well, no, because they didn't no, do anything because, with it. No, because... I was correct, right, You Brandy? were correct. Thank you. Brandy always has my back. Well, fuck, the Chinese have been around forever, and there's like six billion of them. You'd think they'd invent most of this shit. What they doing with their time? Wow. Chuck, that's... Playing checkers? After a few years... <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, they Chinese checkers. You know, they're whooping our ass in math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they do I do that. I forgot that Chinese checker shit, man. That's confusing. I don't even like it. Because yeah, you don't know how to play it. Well, I know how to play. You just move your balls around. Why but I can sit here on my chair and move my balls around. I wondered that. Hi. Hmm? Hi. Oh, Tell me about George Sauter. Yeah. Okay. Hi. You so ever play so- 3D chess, Timmy? Like three-level chess? I've I, I've never even played one-level chess. Oh, okay. I played with chest. <laughs> I, I like playing with chess. I, well, I do to a point, but then you got to move on. I mean, it gets boring after a while. Well, no, it never really gets George boring. George Sauter did what? Uh, George Sauter, after a few years, uh, he took a more permanent position working in Smithers, West Virginia. He was working for Mr. Smithers? No, he in the, in the town of Smithers. <laughs> oh, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> it was Smithers, West Virginia, which is almost heaven. I don't think it is. He was a driver. Was he a Gandhi driver? No. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he could have been, but uh, not to my knowledge. Okay. After a few more years, he started his own trucking company. He was hauling uh, fill dirt to construction sites and later hauling coal that was mined in the region. Because, you know, of course, West Virginia is coal country, Colonel. It is coal country. They went for Trump. Genie. You're going to bring the jobs back there, Timmy. Genie Serperini. Why is it that Italian names often rhyme? She could have been Greek. Jeannie Ciparini. No, she was Italian. She was a storekeeper's daughter in the town of Smithers. Not a coal miner's daughter? No. 
God rest his soul. Yeah. She did not like Loretta Landage. She did you not. Know, Timmy, this you know, Timmy, this is... The greatest lyrics ever written was in Coal, that song, Coal Miner's Daughter. And what was that? It, went, it The line goes something to the effect... Um, uh, is... The lyrics are... The work we done was hard. At night we slept because we were tired. Now yeah. that's fucking Paul McCartney territory. There, nah, those, those are. Those, I'll tell poetic. you what. Those Appalachian people can make shit rhyme, and it yeah. ain't supposed to rhyme. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Hard and tired. Yeah. That shit ain't supposed to rhyme. <laughs> anyway, that's why my grandmother hated her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your grandmother didn't. Sweet Dee did not like Loretta Lynn. No, she it, didn't like uh, uh, uh what, she didn't like Sissy Spacek, Sissy Spacek yeah. because Sissy Spacek played Loretta Lynn in Coal Miner's Daughter. And she didn't like the lady from Field of Dreams because she looked like Sissy Spacek, who played Loretta Lynn in Coal Miner's Daughter. <laughs> this, Timmy, this has been bothering me ever since we uh, got on to Coal Miners here. Uh-huh. Um, now, you know, we, we had during the campaign, uh, Hillary Clinton said she was going to put the coal miners out of business, out of work. And Donald Trump said he was going to bring coal mine jobs back, right? So the coal miners all voted for Donald Trump, right? Well, yeah, I guess. Well, why would they? Why wouldn't somebody say, you know what? We're going to get rid of those coal miner jobs and get you guys some easy jobs, because that shit's hard. Yeah, as hard as work. is portrayed in the song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and at, at night you have to sleep because you're tired. Because you're tired. tired. I mean, bring some easy jobs back to the region. Don't bring those hard ass jobs back. No, nope. I got to go down there. I come out all dirty and shit. My shoes ruined. You know, I never could understand about envir- environmentalists is that they don't want you to cut down trees t- to make paper, right? Okay, fair but, enough. But as long as trees are valuable. They're always going. People. Are, they're always going to plant more trees, right? One would think. Envir- yeah. Environmentalists tend to hand out a lot of leaflets too. So yeah, they do hand out a lot of leaflets. Yeah. What are you doing? It's uh, Shonda. Shonda. That's a question for her. Yeah, we're gonna have that. It, it, it's the it's the environmental paradox to me. It, it really is. But no, I just that's been bugging me ever since. Why would you say? Bring these hard-ass jobs back here. Just bring me an easy job back here. You want something like your I want job. to be like a valet. I, yeah, I want to be the business service manager at Super Jobs yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, be a valet. Give, yeah. A valet? A <laughs> valet, yeah. But no, Just, valet's different. Don't bring me no hard <laughs> jobs. Why, why are you doing that shit? A valet's different. What I've seen a, Downton Abbey. What does a, where does a valet put their money? In your car. In a wallet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. Good job, Colonel. You're all you're on fire. I don't miss much, Tim. Oh no, I don't yeah. miss much. <laughs> it must get by you. All right. So the couple, anyway, he marries uh, Jeannie, who's a storekeeper's daughter, and uh, her family also come from Italy. And her and George Sauter uh, get married in 1923, when they have the first of ten children. Holy son of a bitch. Now, what would you think about... She's got some vaginal capacity there, Colonel. Oh, she's got quite the vagina. (laughs) Now, think about it, devil. You you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You only popped out two. And then she she had to have drugs. 
Yeah, she. You had oh, drugs. I had drugs. Yeah, well, this I bet woman. You, I bet you this woman right out in the field. I bet, she, she, I bet she went right back out in the fucking. Coal she was mine. hoeing. The, no, she was hoeing corn, Timmy, because the guy, the man was doing the coal. Okay. She was planting the garden and doing everything else. Baby pop out. She just put it in the blanket. Wipe keep it hoeing. off. Yeah, wipe it off. Keep hoeing. Oh, she kept hoeing for sure. Yeah. Anyway, apparently they did not believe in. Birth control. Birth control, because they had 10 kids. But that's okay. You know, it's a, it's a big family. George's um, business, his truck, oh, he was a truck, remember he had his truck driving business. Yeah. It prospered. Brandy, that means it did well. It did well, Brandy. What? I'm not the fucking dillweed sitting at this goddamn table. Well, sometimes you look like you're confused. Sometimes we say word. words and you look confused. Yeah. Because most of the time they're mispronounced when you say them. <laughs> most of the time they're not. You don't say them the way that they're supposed to be said. Uh, we like to put our own. Spin Hence, on. where the confusion <laughs> yeah. comes from. Like to so, put our own spin. Yeah, we like I don't customized know. words. Yeah, but, uh, Who you fuckers think you're? We're talking like Jesse to? Jackson. We like to just make up words. <laughs> <laughs> Bigly. Uh, so anyway, uh, the, his business prospered. They became a respected middle class. However, George had strong opinions on many subjects. He was not shy about expressing them and sometimes alienating those around him. In particular, he was a very opposed to then-Italian dictator Benito Mussolini. Why didn't nobody like Mussolini? I was going to say, wasn't everybody Well, opposed? no, because remember, they're living in a community where there's a lot of Italians. And this is 1923. This is before World War II. So, you know, Mussolini was, you know, he was the dictator of Italy during this time, and there was some Italians who supported him, even Italian-Americans. So that led to some arguments between George and members of the immigrant community in, there in Smithers, West Virginia. So, number 10, the you last... You want to get a bunch of Italians mad, Timmy. Mm, well, we'll see if I know. The last of the Sodder children, Sylvia, was born in 1943. Now, who would that... What does that make Jenny? Sylvia's mother, Colonel. Or? No, Sylvia's mother. is a great song by Dr. Hook and the Medicine Machine. Oh, okay. Randy doesn't remember that's for her time. Yeah, because you guys are old, and I am not. Uh, their Jenny. oldest son by that point was named Joe, and uh, this is 1943 now, so the war started, right? And Joe left home to serve in the military during World War II. The following year, in 1944, Mussolini was deposed, deposed and executed. And he had it coming. He got caught with his mistress, and they hung him up. They hung him up and spit on him, drug him through the street. Disemboweled him. Yeah, made him naked, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I don't want to go out naked, Tim. Yet, uh, Nobody wants you to go out naked. Yeah. No. Yet, George's uh, uh, criticism of the late dictator had left some hard feelings in the Italian-American community in which he lived. Well, you would have thought he would have just said, see, told you I was right. Well, he probably did, and there's where the hard feelings come in. Yeah. In the fall of 1945, which is at the end of, you know, at, after the end of the Second World War, Colonel, those uh, mic stands are mm -hmm. made to stay stable. 
I know. I'm just adjusting mine. All right. Sounded like you were giving it a hand job. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. That's the lowest form of sex, I think, is a hand job. I think it's, um, I think it's um, acceptable under certain yeah, conditions. Yeah, but I'm almost like. When I mean, if not, you're in a car the, driving. Fair know. enough, fair enough. But then you can get roadhead. Yeah. It depends. It depends now on Branding. if you got a stick shift or not. <laughs> Have nope, you ever? I'm out of this fray. I'm out. <laughs> you can. It's just me and Chuck. It's just you know what? Here's us. here's the problem. Here's the problem that I'm that I have here. One day, uh-huh. my children may say, "Mom, what happened to that podcast that you used to do?" Uh-huh. And if I tell them, they will come across this. And this is not what you know, I want for them. You know, the worst feeling in the world is when you're out somewhere and someone says, oh, I've listened to your podcast. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you like yeah. one of- <laughs> Oh, you're Tim. <laughs> yeah. Oh, try being a colonel. Yeah, try walking in the colonel's <laughs> yeah. shoes. Yeah, try walking now, in the colonel boots for a I little get while. General, I get generally positive feedback because yeah. people love me. Well, people love me, too. So I'm hold very on. fucking lovable. You know. Right. <laughs> You know, it, so th- I want you to just think about this. And, and, you know, me, you know me, Timmy. I do know I, I'm you. An, know. I'm an observer of people. You know. Yeah. I'm an observer of people. Yeah. And uh, I'm much like that guy, the mentalist. Nope. You that show? You're not like that guy at all. Um, so you're like, the, you're like the mentally retarded or something. <laughs> <laughs> we started talking about Roadhead. Uh-huh. And we asked the devil. And now, had the devil never done such deviant things... She would have just it. spouted it right out and said, nope, yeah. never did it. Nope, 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 nope. I have no nope. idea what you're talking about. But you know what, I don't even know what that, you know what I don't know what that means. You know what she said? Oh, I'm not going to talk about this. Yeah. My children are going to listen one day. So, you knob gobbler, you... you, you really? <laughs> yeah. All right, what top speed did you get? <laughs> yeah, yeah, how fast did he go? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> did he have a stick shift? I don't know what you're talking about. Does it make it harder with a stick? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know the term. Because back in the old days well, with bench I, seats, it was well, a lot Back in the old days. One thing we can talk about is her affair with her uh, older man that she had. Oh, the like, professor. Yeah, the professor. Like on Gilligan's Island. Mm-hmm. Well, did he look like that professor? <laughs> did he look like him? No. Did he have little patches on his sweater? He did not. Above his sweater. Can we not? Can we just? No, no. Did you I get wanted, a good grade? Didn't you want to go home? Yeah, what, what? Are you going to tell us what he taught? This is what? Your freshman year? economics. Oh, that's a hard class. I can understand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was it micro or macro? Because that makes a difference. Both. Oh, yeah, she had to sleep. She Uh, was never going to get through that class. Oh, you know she had to. Yeah. (laughs) No way. And the English teacher. Really? (laughs) Really. And the science teacher. (laughs) (laughs) You know she was was putting out for her stats teacher. Oh, hell yeah. Her her calculus teacher. Yeah, yeah, she, she, had uh, to do, she was doing the reverse cowgirl. No. What? No. No. It's okay. Devil would yes. just have no. to. You know what? You got, no. your, you got your degree. That's you got your all degree. that matters. Yeah. You really? used the skills available to you yeah. to get no. through to solve a problem. No. So all that matters is you have that piece of paper. What? You know what? Wrong. doesn't matter yeah. if you slept with half Wrong. the faculty to get it. Yeah. You've got that piece of paper. Wrong. Here's the thing. And this is in a college day, so it didn't matter if the woman was a, it was a woman uh, or a yeah. man. What? She got both ways. You know what? When First you, of all. When did you start experimenting with your lesbianism? Sh- <laughs> no. <laughs> First of all, 
Let's again, even, you're not denying. You barely graduated high school. <laughs> again, you're not. So let's not. You <laughs> can't even pass the bar. People to do that. <laughs> you can't even pass the bar. I would have slept with someone if I didn't have to take the bar exam. I would have slept you didn't with. take the bar exam. I said if, if I could just have taken it like you, apparently you spread your legs every <laughs> time you needed something. What? No. No. There's nothing wrong with it, Brandy. We're no. not judging. We're no. not judging. Whore. First of all, Whore. you are like, you're a bunch of judging old biddies sitting there. <laughs> First of all, we just wanted to know if you if you felt comfortable give, telling us a story about the time you slept with your professor. No, but you did. You're not denying the fact that you did at one time. Sleep I will it. neither confirm nor deny right. that. Okay. She, that means I plead slept. the fifth. See, I'm doing the mentalist again. She did it. Yeah, she oh. banged her professor. Mm-hmm. Economics. Really? At least I'm not banging some waitress for free chicken wings over at BW3s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, believe me, it's not free. Are you getting mozzarella sticks with that? I don't know. I think he's got to put out more no, to no, no. get she, that. She, she, she's in with it. She left that job. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that she does not have a, uh, stable, long, a stable, stable work, work history. history. Yeah. Well, what do you care? You, I don't. You'll, you'll be her stable work history. You'll yeah, support her. I help her during her transition period. Mm-hmm. I'm always trying to help uh, single mothers. I know. You're a giver that <laughs> way. Does she got kids? Yeah. yeah of course she does. <laughs> And a drug habit. But she doesn't yeah. have 10 like uh, yeah. Jenny Sauter has. Well, tell us more about them. Could you imagine okay, sure. what that vagina's like after 10, Timmy? No. No, I couldn't. In October of 1945. I bet it's in worse case, worse shape than the woman who got kicked in the vagina in our previous Ooh. episode. Yeah. Man. That, that's, you know, don't kick anyone in the vagina. We oppose that, don't we, Colonel? <laughs> we are anti-vagina kicking. Yeah. That's right, a, awful now, nice of we're, you. We're on the record. Are you are you yeah. joining us? Or you're, you're going to sit there and be quiet and well, clearly. Give, give, uh, give consent to vagina yeah. kicking by your silence. Yeah. Clearly, Implied I am vagina anti-vagina kicking. kicking. Yeah. Thank you. I'm part of the AVK League. So there was a whole leg. The AVKL. You have a buddy bowl. (laughs) No, it's like the League of Women Voters, Uh, (laughs) like that, or Legion, or whatever. I am part of it. You're against vagina kicking. I am against vagina kicking. However, at this point, I am all for kicking somebody in the nuts if we don't get on (laughs) with this. All right, let's move on, shall we? You seem a little hostile today. She does. (sighs) Today. I'm going to eat some pretzels. I'm being kind. I think I'm going to eat some pretzels. You no fucking pretzel. (laughs) Out of (laughs) tinfoil. In October 1945, that's two months before 1945 ended, a man tried to sell the family life insurance and became irritated when George declined. In response, the man said, and I quote, your goddamn house is going to go up in smoke. Your children are going to be destroyed, and you're going to pay for the dirty remarks you've been making about Mussolini, motherfucker. No, he didn't say the motherfucker part, but he did say everything but the motherfucker part. Basically threatening him for not buying life insurance. Basically, yeah. Saying his house is going to go up in smoke for making uh, dirty remarks about Mussolini. Well, Mussolini kind of had it coming. Well, let's, let's stay focused, Colonel. Okay. Another visitor to the house came there seeking work, took to the occasion to go around back and warn George that a pair of his fuse boxes would cause a fire someday. Odd, you say? I think George was warned. 
Well, he was puzzled by this observation since he had just had the house rewired uh, when a, an uh, electric stove was installed just previously. To Damn, this. they was living large back then, electric stove. Yeah, well, he was he was balling. He baller. Was, mm-hmm. He was a baller. In the weeks before Christmas of 1945, his older son noticed a strange car parked along the main highway through town. Its occupants were watching the younger solder children as they returned from school. A little creepy? Yeah. Pedophile. On Christmas Eve, that's December 24th. Thank you. 1945, the solder family home burned down. No shit. The family had gathered in the living room the evening that evening to open a few gifts before the fire. Right. I didn't think it was after. Yeah. As the night grew late, George <laughs> George retired for the evening. He went to bed, followed shortly by his sons John, who was twenty three years old, and George Junior, who was sixteen. See now why wouldn't you name your first son Junior? And then you're free to name all your other kids something else. Maybe he should have named them all George Foreman. <clears throat> you know, my brother was the oldest, and they did not name him after my dad. And then I was the second. I was junior. Okay. It's fascinating. It's odd. Interesting it's, odd. it's fascinating. When Jenny decided it was time for the rest of the children to go to bed, they pleaded with her to stay up and play with their toys that their older sister, Marion, who was 17, had bought for them for Christmas. So, you know, it's Why didn't George Eve. buy some? Well, they did. They George did, appears to be a little bit of a dick because no, he just no, went no, to bed because no. everybody else no, is still no, up. No, no, no. You know, I don't know what tradition was in your family, but we were allowed to open a couple presents on Christmas Eve, and I think that's what they did here. No. Yeah, I got that. I'm not right. I'm not aggravated that they opened presents. I don't give a fuck about that. What I'm saying is George George just go. he's the first one to go to bed. He's like, ah, fuck it, I'm done. Because he's, he's turned. He's, he's a man. <laughs> well, because he worked nice, hard. He, he worked yeah. hard and he, he was tired. And he was tired. <laughs> and so, night, he slept because he was but, tired. Yeah, but you know, you know I what? Am, but George goes to bed first and leaves the iron vagina up to deal with all these kids. Well, first of all, George is a working man. I understand mm-hmm. that, but you think she's not? What's she no, doing? Oh, yeah. I mean, she's got George 14 kids he, running he, around he, now. She ain't hauling coal. Well, well, no, once you get more than four kids, the kids take kids. care of themselves. No, these aren't yeah. the Duggars. Yeah, they mm-hmm. take care of themselves. Yeah. No. She had a 17-year-old. The 17-year-old was raising the kids. They're Actually, not. I think Marion was working. She had a part-time job. Yeah, That's they're not the Duggars. This woman's raising all them kids, and her husband has the stones to go to bed. That sounds like something my husband would do. Well, he was tired. He worked hard. And blah, blah, blah. Your husband works hard. Yeah. Whatever. I'm just saying. No. Go ahead. After her uh, children promised uh, Jeannie that uh, they wouldn't, they would uh, get a few chores done before they went to bed, Jeannie agreed to let them continue to play. And- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. And then took the youngest child, Sylvia, who was two years old at the time, to bed with her. Around 12.30 Christmas morning, a.m. Brandy. Thank you. That's in the morning. It means around the morning. (laughs) Is that what it means? (laughs) PM means past morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, 12.30 a.m. Christmas morning, after everyone had gone to sleep, um, the telephone rang. Well, I'll be damned. Jenny rushed to answer it. Was somebody in a ditch? I don't know. No, no, no. This is very interesting. Okay. Jenny, uh, Jenny uh, rushed to answer it. An unfamiliar female voice asked for an unfamiliar name. Kind of wrong number type of thing. (laughs) There was a loud laughter and glasses clinking in the background. And Jenny told the lady that she had the wrong number and she hung up. Okay. Tiptoeing back to bed, Jenny noticed that all of the downstairs lights were still on and the curtains were open. The front door was unlocked. Uh, She saw Marion asleep on the sofa, one of her kids, in the living room and assumed that the other kids were upstairs in bed. She turned out the lights, closed the curtains, locked the door, and returned to her bedroom. You know, she probably sleeping with George, and George probably got those long johns on. Well, they were probably mm. doing it. Oh, they were doing evidently, it. Because evidently, this no, is all they do is do it. He was tired. You don't know. George even did it when he was tired. Yeah. He had to. She was fucking nympho. Well, and she and probably George wasn't encountering a whole lot of friction with that thing either. So she probably did a re- reverse cowgirl on him mm, or a dirty what? flower because that, the whole vagina no, thing. Clearly, wore they out. did not do the dirty flower. No, at by all, this time ever. they did because the vagina was wore out. No, she. No, anyway, this woman she opened her legs to furnace kick on. It's like well, whoa. no, her youngest was two. She was primed and ready to roll. Mm. She had just. Uh, Jenny had just begun to doze off when she heard one sharp, loud bang on the roof. And it was a rolling noise. Think it could have been a reindeer? A bomb. Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Or a bomb. Well, those reindeer names are pretty fucked up. Prancer. Yeah. You've had Jimmy a boner from Rudolph here lately. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Why? I don't know. You've been posting a lot You've of Rudolph You've been posting a lot memes. of Rudolph shit. I don't. I don't have one. I don't have strong feelings one way or the Everybody's other. Everybody's a dick to Rudolph until well, they need him. Well, and then you know, it's. I mean, that's true. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying the story was about racism, and people are too stupid to see it. I mean, some people. I don't think it's about racism sure it per se. I think it's about Chuck making was too stupid to yeah, see it. I think it's about <laughs> my point exactly. It's not racism. It's about making fun of people who have are special different. needs or different. Yeah. All right. An hour later. Uh, Jenny would wake up again, this time by heavy smoke curling into her room. 
Ooh. So what happens next, Brandy? It was about 1 a.m. when the fire broke out. George and Jenny and four of their children escaped, but the other five were never seen again. The cause was officially traced to defective wiring, despite the fact that the Christmas tree lights were still on after the fire started. George had tried to save them. I assume the children, not the Christmas tree lights. Well, I, I would say the Christmas tree lights because they're expensive. You know, mm-hmm. and you know that was back in the day. If one of them went out, the whole string <clears throat> yeah. would go out. What do you mean back in the day? Like last week? Because uh, shit and you still had does to lick that. the bulb when you screwed it in. There's big bulbs too. Mm-hmm. Big bulbs. Yeah, I like the little twinkly ones that go on and on. I, don't, I like the big bulbs. I'm a big ball man. George had tried to go back in. He broke a window to re-enter the house. Um, so he's cut open his arm, actually, trying to get back in the house. Trying to save the kids. Uh, he couldn't see anything through the smoke and fire, which had swept through all of the downstairs rooms, living room, dining room, kitchen, office, and, and the master bedroom, him and Jenny's bedroom. That's where they did the dirty deed. Mm-hmm. It's where mm-hmm. the magic happened. Mm-hmm. He took frantic stock of what he knew. Two-year-old Sylvia, whose crib was in their bedroom, was safe outside, as was 17-year-old Marion and two sons, 23-year-old John and 16-year-old George Jr., who'd fled the upstairs bedroom they shared, um, singeing their hair on the way out. George figured Maurice, Martha, Louis, Jenny, and Betty still had to be up there. See, Cowering. so they name one of their kids Jenny. I don't like it when women name kids after themselves, Colonel. No, it's an unnatural thing. Well, they had thing. to start running out of Jenny names. Junior. Yeah, JJ. Like Jenny Junior. Yeah, JJ. Juniors. Women should not be called Juniors. Little Jenny. It's probably about you know, anytime you call somebody Little Jenny, they're gonna grow up to be or tiny, very big. Yeah. Okay, so he figured they were still in the those kids were still up in the bedrooms um, at either end of the hallway. They were separated by a staircase that was now engulfed in flames. He raced back outside, hoping to reach them through the upstairs windows, but the ladder he always kept propped against the house was missing. Odd. Hmm. Hmm. He then decided he would drive one of his two coal trucks up to the house and climb atop it to reach the windows. even though they had functioned properly the day before, neither would start now. He ransacked mm-hmm. his mind for another option. He tried to scoop water from a rain barrel, but found it frozen. Five of his children were stuck somewhere inside those great whipping ropes of smoke. His daughter, Marion, uh, sprinted to a neighbor's home to call the Fayetteville Fire Department, but couldn't get an operator response. The hell? Uh, a neighbor who saw the blaze made a call from a nearby tavern but again, no operator responded. Exasperated, the neighbor drove into town and tracked down the fire chief, Mr. Uh, F.J. Morris, who initiated Fayetteville's version of the fire alarm. It was a phone tree system whereby one firefighter phoned another who phoned another. Oh. So sure, yeah. they have the same system for fires that we do for snow days. How did they get the, the operator, I guess? They, they're following they the... Uh, Nobody uh, got an operator. By evidently uh, the fire chief. Safety in place. Yeah. Uh, the fire department was about two and a half miles away, but the crew didn't arrive until 8 a.m. Jesus Christ. Eight <laughs> hours later. <laughs> wow. Uh, by which point, of course, the home was... They'll get a bad review on Yelp for that one. <laughs> yeah, that's, this, that's not the best service in the world. No. That's like that, Martin, that Steve Martin movie, did Cyrano. Uh-huh. He was a fire captain. Uh-huh. Where he Roxanne. has the meltdown. Roxanne. God damn it. 
You know what I want? I only want one thing in my life. When there's a fire, people say, no matter what you do, don't call the fire department. That's in that movie. Really? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the movie's wit. Roxanne. Wit. Wit. Mm-hmm. Quick, quick wit. It's not Roxanne. Yes, Roxanne. the movie's called Roxanne. Roxanne. Nope. Nope. You don't have to you know, put on I saw a red where, light. You know what I no. saw is that... Roxanne. No. No, 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 I'm saying. I saw that U2 was putting out a new album at... I hope they don't put that shit on my phone again. I still got the fucking shit on my phone. I hope they do. Why don't you just delete it? I, I, I thought I did. You shouldn't they, have to. I shouldn't have to delete it. It's all, it's, you know, it's taking up my space. So it, you say YouTube's like chlamydia. You didn't ask for it, but, but it I showed got it up anyway. on it. I don't, I don't like it. But go back to the story because this is fascinating. All right. So they get there at 8 in the morning. A little late. After the fire broke out at one. So how many hours it, is that? Did they start the sirens? I mean, what's the point? What's the point? <laughs> I don't know. The two oldest sons and daughter and the youngest daughter survived, but the five middle children were missing, and no trace of their remains were found. The five children to die or disappear were Maurice, 14, Martha, 12, uh, Louis, 10, Jenny, 8, and Betty, 6. In the police, the initial police report... John told the police he entered the other bedroom and shook the children to get them up. Uh, he would later claim that he assumed the children were awake and would get up. Yeah, it's one of the order. They order did case. not survive the fire, or did they? Dun, dun, dun. That's a question. Uh, George and Jenny assumed that five of their children were dead, but such a brief but a brief search of the ground on Christmas turned up no trace of remains. Chief Morris suggested that the blaze had been hot enough to completely cremate the bodies. A state police, a state police imp- inspector combed through the rubble and attributed the fire to faulty wiring. Distraught at the loss of his children, George covered the basement with five feet of dirt intended to preserve the site as a memorial. Yeah, so he kind of made a makeshift grave there for them. The coroner's office went ahead and issued five death certificates just before the new year, attributing the causes to fire or suffocation. Jenny was not convinced. She couldn't understand how five children could perish in a fire and leave no bones, no flesh, nothing. Bones don't burn. She conducted a private experiment, burning animal bones, chicken bones, beef joints, pork chop bones, to see if the fire consumed them. Each time she was left with a heap of charred bones. She knew that remnants of various household appliances had been found in the burnt-out basement, still identifiable. An employee at a crematorium informed her that bones remain after bodies are burned for two hours at 2,000 degrees. Their house was destroyed in 45 minutes. Now believing that the fire was to cover the abduction of her children, uh, George and Jenny Sauter spent a fortune on detectives to investigate. Yeah, and they, they did it till the day they died. I mean, they Oh, well, desperate. yeah. I mean, how do you not? Yeah. Uh, several pieces of evidence and eyewitnesses backed up George's kidnapping belief. A telephone repairman told the Sodders that their lines appeared to have been cut, not burned. They realized that if the fire had been electrical, the result of faulty wiring, as the official report stated, then the power would have been dead. So how do you explain the lighted downstairs rooms? In the Christmas lights. Yes. A witness came forward claiming he saw a man at the fire scene taking a block taking a block and tackle used for removing car engines. 
Could he be the reason George's trucks refused to start? One day, while the family was visiting the site, Sylvia found a hard rubber object in the yard. Jenny recalled hearing the hard thud on the roof, the rolling sound, and the rolling sound. George concluded it was a napalm pineapple bomb. Uh, kind oh. of the type used in Norfolk. So they napalmed his fucking house? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. a Molotov cocktail type of deal. Too. Well, then, Remember she heard that noise right. on the roof before? Yes, because I just read it, yeah. too, again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then came the reports of sightings. A woman claimed to have seen the missing children peering from a passing car while the, f- the fire was in progress. A woman operating a tourist stop between Fayetteville and Charleston, some 50 miles west, said she saw the children the morning after the fire. I served them breakfast, she told the police. There was a car with Florida license plate at the tourist court, too. Uh, A woman at a Charleston hotel saw the children's photos in a newspaper and said she'd seen four of the five a week after the fire. Uh, The children were accompanied by two women and two men, all of uh, Italian extraction. Uh, I do not remember the exact date. However, the entire party did register at the hotel and stayed in a large bedroom with several beds. They registered about midnight. I tried to talk to the children in a friendly manner, but the men appeared hostile and refused to allow me to talk to these children. One of the men looked at me in a hostile manner. There's a lot of hostility. Uh, He turned around and began talking rapidly in Italian. Immediately, the whole party stopped talking to me, and I sensed I was being frozen out, so I said nothing more. They left early the next morning. Two years after the fire in 1947, George and Jenny sent a letter about the case to the FBI and received a reply from J. Edgar Hoover. Although I would like to be of service, the matter related appears to be of a local character and does not come within the investigative jurisdiction of this bureau. Well, Hoover was very busy. He was dressing up. I mean, just a a, a side note here. He liked <clears throat> to feel pretty. Mm-hmm. I just got a I got a text from Allie um, asking her, and she said that uh, cremation takes two and a half hours at fourteen to eighteen hundred degrees. And then you got to run them through a blender because you still got bone fragments. Thank you, Allie. Thank you, Allie. All right. Continue. Don't, don't ask me how Allie knows this stuff. I'm asking. Why, I'm wondering why you asked. Allie knows. But I'm asked, I'm wondering why you asked when I read it. Yeah, she read basically the same thing. Did you? Yeah. You should focus. Oh, Jesus was, fucking Christ. Uh, he was doing a little research. I was doing a little extra research. You know when but it had been the time for research? Prior to the podcast. Prior to the podcast. I'm just throwing that you out know, there. I, Timmy, write that down. All right. You all know right. How, how I could have researched this prior to the podcast? Is read it. First, well, first of all, did you get a copy of the script? No. So how was I going to read the script? Because you guys because don't read the script. So I, I didn't get a copy. Didn't mean you, you didn't. I didn't get a copy. Timmy brought a copy up with him. I didn't even know what story we was going. I, told you I know guys, that. I told you guys. He before. said it was the Souders. I no, thought I it was didn't. about the people that made furniture that they sell it. No. Continue, we, we're going to have to get the fancy monkey in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's beyond, I'm telling or at you. least put a fez on him. <laughs> uh, Hoover's agents said that they would they would <laughs> assist if they could get permission from the local authorities. Uh, but, you know, the Fayetteville Police and Fire Departments re- respectfully we got, declined. We got this. Yeah, we're good. Thank you. Next, the Sodders turned to a private investigator named C.C. Tinsley, who discovered that the insurance salesman who threatened George was a member of the coroner's jury that deemed the fire accidental. Hmm. He also heard a curious story from a Fayetteville minister about F.J. Morris, the fire chief. 
Although Morris had claimed no remains were found, he supposedly confided that he'd discovered a heart in the ashes. Hmm. Now, there's no way you No, could, that didn't happen. Unless it was your heart. This hard and stony and wouldn't burn up. But go ahead. Hmm. Impregnable. Impregnable, yeah. Hmm. Not like the vagina Jenny. lady. Ginny <laughs> <laughs> was pregnable. Yeah, she was. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, so supposedly he took the, the heart Why from Well, you just got him five more kids. Supposedly, <laughs> yeah, they could have knocked that out in four years. <laughs> so supposedly he took the heart that he discovered in the ashes and put it inside a dynamite box and buried it at the scene. Not being a parent, I don't really understand it, but you know, people seem to get attached to their kids. Well, it depends. All of a sudden, you got to cut the grass by on your own now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pain. That's why they had a bunch of kids back then, because there's a lot of chores to be yeah, done. Yeah, well, there's a lot of work to do around the farm. Now, all of a sudden, your staff been cut in half. Yeah. Uh, Tinsley persuaded Morris to show him the spot, and together they dug up the box and took it straight to the local funeral director who poked and prodded the heart and concluded that it was a beef liver untouched by the fire. Hmm. What a dumbass. Well, I mean, you know, beef liver and a heart, they, they, kind, of, they kind of look alike. Hmm. Soon after, the Sodders heard rumors that the fire chief had told others that the content of the box had not been found in the fire at all, that he had buried the beef liver in, liver in the rubble in the hopes that finding any remains would placate the family enough to stop the investigation. All right, so he goes out and... and plants buried, evidence. Plants evidence. What okay. a dick. Hmm. I don't trust this guy. No. <clears throat> well, there was an aftermath to this, Timmy. Well, there was some fallout. All right. Lay it on me, Colonel. Fall Over the next out. few years, the tips and leads out. continued to come. All right. George saw a newspaper photo of school children in New York City and was convinced that one of, my, one of them was his daughter, Betty. Yeah, this is kind of creepy. So he drives all the way to Manhattan in search of the child, but her parents refuse to speak to him. Which I would do. Yeah, I mean, isn't that kind of creepy? Like, you know, my, that's my daughter. I mean. Well, I don't know. If somebody showed up at my house and said, hey, I saw a picture of Logan. I think he's mine. I want to take him. I'd probably send him off with him. But, um, <laughs> sure, so, we're going to appreciate that. In August 1949, the Sadas decided to mount a new search. At the fire he scene, said mount. they mounted. They decided he's done more mounting than anybody. He decided. Yeah, that mounting pretty down pretty packed. Yeah, because all through July, Mister um, Sada had decided to mount Missus Sada, all right, but all right, all but right. now would mounting a search. Okay, so they're, they're at the they fire haven't scene. Given up yet. Haven't given up. All right. Uh, and brought in a Washington D.C. fancy pants pathologist named Oscar B. Hunter. Mm. Name like that, he's got to be qualified. Oh, I would think. The excavation was thorough, uncovering several small objects, damaged coins, a partly burned dictionary, and several shards of vertebrae. Mm. Hunter sent the bodies to the Smithsonian, the bones to the Smithsonian Institution, which issued the following report. The human bones consist of four lumbar vertebrae, Belonging to one individual. Since the transverse recesses are fused, the age of this individual at death would have been 16 or 17 years old. Because the top limit of age should be about 22 since the centra, which normally fuse at 23, are still unfused. On this basis, the bones show greater skeletal, skeletal maturation 
than one would expect for a 14-year-old boy. So they were no match, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, the old Mrs. Boy, aren't you glad the devil didn't get that part? She'd have stumbled through oh, it. Oh, yeah. Vertebrae. I tried to, yeah. to give her the two, one or two silver words. Uh-huh. It is, however, possible, although not probable, for a 14-and-a-half-year-old boy to show 16- to 17-year-old maturation. Well, I showed certain maturations in certain parts of my body at an early age, Colonel. Uh, myself, I did, too, Timmy. I did, too. And Gross. Uh, always, always happy to shower after uh, gym class, Colonel. And before gym class. Yeah. Love to, love mm-hmm. to show all Love to shower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used to, people used to, people used to just cut a path for me, uh, just a swath, so I would not, yeah. Did they get together and start clapping? (laughs) Sometimes they would, yeah. Sometimes they would. So, now the vertebrae showed no evidence that it had been exposed to fire, and a report said it is very strange that no other bones were found in the allegedly careful excavation of the basement of the house. Noting that the house uh, reportedly burned for only about a half an hour or so, it said that one would expect to find full skeletons of the five children rather than only four vertebrae. The bones, the report concluded, were most likely in the supply of dirt George used to fill in the basement to create a memorial for yeah, the children. So he, he inadvertently planted the. He, he I mean, drug somebody's body in there with or, him. Or, yeah. So the Smithsonian report prompted two hearings at the Capitol in Charleston, after which Government o- Governor Oki L. Patterson sure. and State Police Superintendent W.E. Burchett told starters their search was hopeless and declared the case closed, Timmy. Mm-hmm. But undeterred, mm-hmm. George and Jenny erected... Yeah. <laughs> The billboard <laughs> along Route 16 and passed out flyers offering a $5,000 reward for information leading to the child- recovery of their children. Yeah, that billboard was there forever, <clears throat> too. They soon increased it to the amount of 10000 Then a letter arrived from a woman in St. Louis saying the oldest girl, Martha, was in a convent there. Another came- tip came from Texas where a patron in a bar overheard an incriminating conversation about a long-ago Christmas Eve fire in West Virginia. Someone in Florida claimed the children were staying with the distant relatives of Jenny's. George traveled the country to investigate each lead, always returning home without any answers. Now, in 1968, many, many years later, Timmy, 23 years after the fire, Jenny went to get the mail and found an envelope addressed only to her. It was postmarked in Kentucky but had no return address on it, Timmy. Yeah, this is a weird this is a weird event. Inside was a photo of a man in his mid twenties. On its flip side a cryptic handwritten note read Louis Sada. I love Brother Frankie. The boys. A nine oh one three two or three five. Now Jenny and George sounds like prison numbers to me. Jenny and George couldn't deny the resemblance to their Lewis, who was nine at the time of the fire. But beyond the obvious similarities here, dark curly hair, dark brown eyes, they had the same straight, strong nose, Timmy. Yeah, if you see the pictures, they do, they do look a lot alike. The same upward tilt of the left eyebrow. Once again, they hired a private dick and sent him straight to Kentucky. Mm. They never heard from him again. Not the dick, but the guy who sent the picture. 
The Sotosphere. That was kind of a dick move for the yeah. detective. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Sotosphere that if they published a letter or the name of the town, the postmark, they might harm their son. Instead, they, had, they amended the billboard to include the updated image of Lewis and hung an enlarged version, enlarged and hung in the same sentence, <laughs> over the fireplace. George Sada died in 1968 without ever resolving the mystery of his missing children. Jenny, because without George gone, she had to do something, so she erected a <laughs> fence around her property. Because she loved erecting things. Mm -hmm. And began adding rooms to her home, building lab after lab between her and the outside. Since the fire, she had worn black exclusively as a sign of mourning. And plus she had kind of a big butt and made her look slimmer. Jesus. Um, and continued to do so until her own death in 1989. The billboard finally came down in the 1990s. The youngest and last surviving Sada child, Sylvia, is now 74 years old and does not believe that her siblings perished in that fire. Now, there's a lot of theories here, Timmy. Now, what are they, some of the different theories? Well, then? so many questions. So the many questions involved in this mystery include and it's hard to begin sorting out what the mysteries contained in this story. Some of the questions are, who was the woman on the phone? Was right, she in some way connected to that fire? The phone that called that they got right prior to the fire starting, right? Who moved the ladder? Right. Did someone throw fireballs at the Sada's home that night? Whose bones were at the site? Who were the children the women saw in the Charlton, Charleston restaurant? Who sent the photo in 1968, and who is the young man in that photo? What? No, Timmy, where did the private investigator disappear to? So it was the private dick that they never heard from again. Yeah, I think he just went on a drunk. Yeah, he did. Who put the cow's liver on the site? And who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? What? Well, that's, what? I guess that's a game you never play with your kids. No. Timmy stole the cookie from the cookie jar. Uh, all right, okay, that, that's not part of the story. And possibly the biggest question, if, as George and Jenny suspected, the five children had not been killed in the fire but had been abducted, who and why? The, there's, uh, the four theories. Mm -hmm. Children died in the fire. I think we can scratch that one out. Oh, I don't think so. I think there's a chance they Where's died. their remains? Well, I just think they didn't find him, or he shoveled that dirt, and they got lost when he did that. Or George had mob connections, and the children were killed in retaliation by the mob. But why? again, where are the bodies? And why would uh, why would you do that? I mean, why would you do that and not let them know that? If you were trying to send a message, wouldn't you let them know what the message was? I would think. The the other theory, the children and mobs were killed. Don't generally killed. Killed family members, do they? No. The, no. Children were killed due to George's comments about Mussolini, but Mussolini was dead by then. Nobody cared. Well, I mean, they might, he may, people still might have been pissed at him, but I don't see that as a motivating factor either. And the number one theory, the children were kidnapped. Yeah, but why? Why would you go in and kidnap five kids? I mean, that, that's, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. And because you sell them. Yeah, but I mean, you know what I mean? It take, you take a big chance of being caught when you can just pick not them up one, one, one no, by one. Not when you have backup. 
Okay, Brandy. What? Uh, what? So your theory is, Brandy, that they were kidnapped. You think they, they were, were kidnapped? kidnapped and sold? Chuck, what's your uh, theory on this? I think they saw an opportunity to get out of George's house. They ran away, joined the circus. Oh, we did not. What's your theory? What's My theory your, is they were kidnapped. Okay. My theory is they died in the fire, and they just it's, they just for some reason were unable to find their remains. But um, that. Um, Billboard stayed up there for many years. I think it only came down. I don't know if you read that, but it didn't mm, come down 1990 now. 1990-something. Yeah. In the Recently. 90s. When Duran Duran and the devil were, when the, the devil was in the clubs hopping around by the, Duran By Duran the way, songs. for our listeners don't who talk don't about know, Duran Duran. Uh, Brandy will be uh, soon appearing uh, in a UFC event fighting Amy Schumer. Yeah. That's going to be some, quite the uh, uh, event. That's news to me. Well, she called you out. She called you out. She's been calling you out on Twitter all the <laughs> She's only last four foot weeks. tall. Well, she's badass. Mm-hmm. I think I can take her. She ain't afraid of you. Mm-hmm. I can sure. take her. So, uh, for those of you who want to, uh, it's a pay-per-view. It's $475 for mm-hmm. the pay-per-view, but it's yeah. uh, going to be some event. Carl. Me and Timmy going to have ringside seats. We are. And Amy Schumer's side. I'm yeah. gonna beat you both with Amy Schumer. <laughs> uh, we, uh, Colonel, you have some shout out for us. I got all kinds of shout outs today, Timmy. Well, let let them roll. Lovely Tasha and hello, Miss Ophelia. Her mother, yes. Rebe- uh, very merry Christmas to Tasha and Ophelia. Uh, yeah, Rebecca Montanley. Hi, Rebecca. She's a very lovely girl, by the way. Rebecca is a yes. lovely girl. Um, Annette Petrie, our friend in uh, the Bronx, with obsessively calm. Yes. Um, Steph Glenn. Hey, Steph. Christina Hodges. Christina Montana. Maria Barber. Jennifer Potts. Cindy Overstreet Hamilton. Hi, Cindy. Cindy's very active on her page. I like that. Paul Mampilli. Mike Arnold. Melissa Lebrano. Brittany Powell. The two Heathers. Why Heather do you Hall. Say Brittany and you Heather don't Howell. Say, you don't say Chris. Oh, you Powell. Oh, I'm sorry. Powell. Powell. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Shh, Timmy, don't help. And Daza. Jeff Hopkins. Uh, turn your phone off. John Janke, Mike Tabor, Lise, of course. Or Kevin Behan. My ring. Carol Nash. Terry Hemsley. There's your ringtone. Heather Marshall. Maddie Kennan. Pavlova. Amelia. Amelia Sana or Orazako. Sure. Minicon. God, you killed that. Uh, Michael Daniel, Jen Moyer, Jessica Bishop, Liz Evans, Brenda Deutsch, Stacy Lynn, of course, Jeffrey Dolan, Marion Buckwald, Jennifer Miller, Toby Deese, Susanna Sheldon, Ramoni Danger Howard, Skip Fayou, Callie Jones, Brandy Deese, Andy Smyser, Gigi, Norma DiMaggio, Let's see, we got Mike Eisenhower here, Daniel, Danielle Fredrickson, um, Nancy Palomino Jalapeno, Kim Kazmersky Kawasaki. Yeah, Toby Deese. Toby Deese. Um, Jennifer Hawkins. Tara Nee Chinchilla. I don't think that's how you pronounce her last name. Well, it's pretty close. Nope. Lindsay McMillan. Sonyana Adanki, Eddie Rushing, Yo Handler, Sammy James, my buddy Jason Dykes, 
Amy Carol Payne, Tyra Jenkins. Of course, we got Carlene Madison, who we promised to kill off, Timmy. Yes, Carlene, thank you for... Carlene, uh, you're going to die a bloody, gruesome death. Uh, he's <laughs> the colonel is referring to our uh, fiction podcast that we have coming up for our Christmas show. So um, we're not really killing anybody. Yeah. Just, just, in, just in the story. Kelsey Fro, Peter Fuma, Amber, 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 Amber. Right. Anderson. Danielle Fredrickson, Christian Dorman, Dormer, and do M. Waterfall. Good, because she does not like you when you call her little M. Waterfall. She doesn't. No. Nope. Why not? She does not like that. She, she posted, a, she made a post on her Facebook page that she did not like to be called little M. Waterfall. How, is, how old is the woman? I'm not sure how old. If she's younger than me, she, I get to call anybody. I get, it's my shout out. I call people whatever the hell. Be nice. Yeah, I'm sorry. Susan dick. Angles, Kirsten Good Davidson, um, Jeff Girdley, Sam Hildebrand, of course, Angie Ball, Jennifer and Linda, Missy Dean Horton, Britt and Chris, Celine, Dr. Jeff and Don, Teresa Slavin, Tommy Boomershine, Shonda and Larry, uh, Diana Clark, Tro Bridges. Yes. Colton Phyllis Munson. Aaron Wentz and her lovely little dog. Donna Curran and her dog, Tucker. Brian and Lisa Lawton. Olivia Meyer. Uh, the beautiful Cal Katja. I'm sorry. Katja. Katja over there. Katja, I'm, Katja has been uh, requesting a topic that we cover, and I've been promising her for few months that we would do it and uh, we'll do Kacha, it for you Kacha. we will after the first of uh, january Kacha. we're gonna do it kate mccarthy of course who we just met today mm -hmm. well i've known kate for a long no, time no i mean i just met her today for um little family i can call family little she's 23 years old lovely little family lovely, lovely little girl um bridget clavy byron snelling denny mcnamara william truax amber croup Gina Spillane, Trixie, of course, Stephanie Quick, Sydney and Michael, Jamie Tarantino, Laura O'Reilly, Gabby Lewis, John Cunningham, Tara V. Bond. Gene Bond. Lydia, of course, Brandy McBride, Maggie Glover, Jeff Appel, Christine. Bourgeois. Yeah. And you know what I'm, um, I was shopping for Christmas last night, and Renee said, what would you like for Christmas, Chuck? And I said, well, Katie. Morehead. There we go. Good Mary Lord. Ray, Marvin Hammond, Andy Volley, which leads us with the Colonel's crew, Timmy. Okay. Angie Ball. Yes. Um, the Insight Ladies. Ali and Charlie. Please check out Insight. Great podcast. Uh, Nicola. Sarah, little Sarah Samosa Spaghetti. Jim Burdick. Karen Barnes. Janet Fitzgerald. Francis Darton. Jessica Williams. Amanda Bocci Ball. Shannon Rossett out doing the Lord's work. Tiffany. Monica D. Hagostino. 
uh, let's see who we got here. Radika, lovely Radika Smith, and Angela Cobes. You know who's not on your list is uh, Shonda, Raj, and Larry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you get them? They are. They're right, right. here. Quit helping. Right there. I'm sorry. Just trying to be helpful. You see now, old bastard? I call off the names <laughs> you don't even remember. Brandy, where can people find us? You can find us on Facebook. We have two Facebook pages, but um, the one that we interact on is called History Dreams, the podcast. So just, uh, it's a group. So just uh, send us a request and uh, you'll join that group. It's a closed group and uh, you'll get to interact with all of us as well as all the people we've mentioned here in the shout out list. A bunch of fun, fun folks. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. iTunes, please leave us a review. If you um, listen to us on iTunes, that's how other people find us and we will be much appreciated. Twitter. Twitter, we have uh, History Dweebs 1, at History Dweebs 1, and then you can follow the Colonel at Hawkwaters. Uh, and Libsyn. Libsyn, yes. Um, Libsyn is where is our host site. Uh, you can find all of our... You can uh, find the back catalog on yeah, Libsyn. Yeah, it's uh, Tim T. Scott at Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. Yep, and we have merch somewhere. We have merch. You can find that on History Dweebs, just on the regular History Dweebs Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Anything yes. else? Because Christmas is coming. Christmas is Christmas coming. Is winter coming. is coming. Winter is coming. Winter is here. It's very cold. Colder now. Uh, we have one more podcast that we're going to do before the Chris, uh, before Christmas. So hopefully we'll get this done tomorrow. And, and I always hate saying that because you never know what something will come up. But um, and it is going to be a special episode that we're dedicating to our listeners on History Dweebs, the podcast Facebook group. Uh, basically, we're going to. Uh, Kill have, all you sons of bitches. We're going to have a fictional podcast in which uh, we, we're going to include our members. So if you would like to um, you know, check that out, uh, that should be released in the next few days. Uh, but we encourage you to join our Facebook group. Again, that's History Dweebs, the podcast. It's free. Like to, it is free. No subscriptions. Uh, and if you would like to support the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash historydweebs. You can give a little, a lot, or just a wee bit. And somebody leave us a review on iTunes because our last one was a bad one. I hate to have the last one hanging out there as a bad one. Yes. So thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you again next time on History Dweebs. Good day. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.